Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. And to say that I am thrilled to bring on my guest is the understatement of the century. One of my most favorite humans, the super talented, super funny, super smart, super handsome, super everything. Wow. Oh, I've upgraded. You're upgraded. Last time I was on here, I got a major diss. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, that wasn't on the podcast, but Marcus Thompson from The Athletic. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for, uh, cor- you know, correcting your massive, massive blows to my ego last time. You're right. That wasn't that wasn't on the pod. We just laughed about it on the pod. We did. And now we're going to laugh again about it again on the pod. And people are going to be like, what was this diss? But oh, we never said we didn't. Because oh, okay. there's no way to say it without. Yes, you're correct. You know, correct. So there, this is just here we are. But you guys just know that I accidentally gave Marcus a super diss, and I didn't mean to. But I made up for it with that intro. Yes, yes, okay. it's good. Good comeback. Good Thank comeback. Kind of like if the 49ers. Kind of like the four. Look at that. That was just. The, this is why I have Marcus on. That was such a beautiful segue. <laughs> kind of like the 49ers. You guys heard Matt Sims and I talk about it earlier in the week. The epic comeback went down quite a number of points to the Detroit Lions. Now the 49ers in the Super Bowl for a rematch with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You look like you have something to say. I'd like you to say it. I just, isn't it amazing for most of the season, beginning in training camp, mm-hmm. this team looked like unbeatable at times. Like the, mm-hmm. the them being in a Super Bowl looked inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for that kind of that three-week period where they lost They had the injuries out. You had questions. But then they bounced right back and, you know, started to destroy teams. We were like, yeah, this team's going to Super Bowl. And now that they're they're here, I've never felt more uncertain about them. Like, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, now that they're here, it's like, oh, they actually are very vulnerable and can be beaten. It's just weird how this year has worked out. Because I remember in training camp, we were talking about how loaded this team was. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a Super Bowl. And it's like, whoo, tough match. Let's see if they can pull it out. <laughs> It's playoff time, and Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Well, and it's funny because the Chiefs kind of went through a similar thing. I don't know that the Chiefs are as loaded, but they also went through a period, a lot of quite a bit of a period of time where people are like, they're not the same Chiefs. This isn't their year. And now they too are going to the Super Bowl. They have Patrick Mahomes, who's kind of magic, and we'll get to that. But I want to talk a little bit about the vulnerabilities of this team, as you so aptly brought up. And I think the main vulnerability starts on the defense. Not I think. I know. It starts on the defense. There are Issues in the run defense, they, they're having a hard time defending the run. And I think we could really make the argument that the other day, had the Lions 
kicked a field goal and not gone for it on fourth and two or made it on fourth and two for ers not going to the Super Bowl. So they got lucky in a lot of ways, but I think the defense is something to be concerned about. They have issues in the secondary. And when you're up against Patrick Mahomes, that's not good. And they've gotten down the last two weeks. They're not going to be able to do that against him. You know, oddly enough, right? To me, the the obvious main issue is their run defense, right? They just, mm-hmm. I mean, it, they, they can't stop outside runs. They can't stop inside stop runs. Yeah, it's so it, like that's been the clear problem. We watched Aaron Jones have success against them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, uh-oh, here comes Detroit, right? Who who mm-hmm. does this thing? And obviously Detroit ran rough shot over him. And now you look at, you know, you got Pacheco, who's a really good running back. Mm-hmm. But to me, now we transition from the running game being the biggest issue to the secondary being an issue because well, that was the other issue, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, if we just if we just know who Andy Reid is and Patrick Mahomes is, like they're not giving it to Pacheco twenty times. Like they're gonna they're gonna run a set of the pass. You know who the issue is now? The issue is gonna be Avery Thomas. That's gonna be the yeah. issue. The issue is gonna be what do they do? You know, because because. We we watch teams pick on him, and Patrick Mahomes. This is what he does, right? He's got to oh. find something to pick on. So, if you don't play him, and if you can't play because of Viseko, now you got Lenore out at the corner. Now the question is, who's in the slot, and what, what are you doing? Uh, now that becomes to me the main vulnerability, where it's like, yeah, you know, you can't stop the run, but even if they decide. Hey, yo, all right, let's put let's, let's get in the box like they did in the second half. Let's, mm-hmm, let's put eight mm-hmm. in the box. Let's, let's stop the run. Now you're essentially asking Patrick Mahomes to go at your other other weakness, which is in the, you know, the I don't know, I wouldn't say Charverius Ward is a weakness, so I don't want to act like they can't cover anybody. But that side opposite Charverius has been a problem when Avery Thomas is out there. So that's to me, it's gonna be the big question. Number one, is he playing and can he play? And it maybe that. Maybe that might not be a good thing. And if he can't play, what are they going to do down one man in an area they're already weak? Because uh, that's that's prime for Patrick Mahomes to take advantage. Oh, it is. It's absolutely prime. Now, Avery Thomas per Kyle Shanahan on Monday is day to day. We're recording this Wednesday. If we get an update from Kyle Shanahan on Thursday, I will certainly add it to the beginning of this podcast so that you guys are up to date on all the information. But health, even a very healthy Ambry Thomas, is problematic. He almost single-handedly lost the Packers game for the 49ers. And then I wouldn't say against Detroit, maybe he was better. Well, he didn't have two guys, but certainly not great. It's just right now it's the best they have because Isaiah Oliver certainly hasn't panned out. So you have Lenore, who's really an incredible athlete. And I'll go ahead and plug my story. I did on him the other day. You guys should read it. But an incredible athlete, he can be on the outside and he can be in the in the slot. But if you don't have Ambry Thomas or you're just weak there, Patrick Mahomes is 100% going to go after him and pick on him. And I don't know if anybody watched quarterback, Marcus, I don't know if you watched quarterback, but there's, oh, a, yeah. there's that scene when they're actually playing the Niners. And I know that it's edited a certain way, but Patrick Mahomes is on the sideline saying, I watch film too. And I just feel like Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is watching film salivating right now at what he can do to the 49ers secondary. Yeah, that that's going to be that's going to be a problem they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And the answer is is going to be the same answer. There is no answer. They're, right? they're, no, they're where they are. They got what the, they got. The answer is going to be with the front. Like they got to get to the quarterback. Like that's what it's got to be. They have to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Uh and they haven't been 
as dominant as you, as you expect from, you know, as far as pressure in the quarterback. I mean, it's we, I remember times past where if a quarterback didn't, wasn't mobile, he just got absolutely destroyed, <laughs> right? Like it, it was, it was just a, a, a sad show for that quarterback, whether it was Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're standing there, you're cooked, yep. but you know, you know, they did generate some pressure, but it wasn't like the dominant performance. I think they need one of those dominant performances where they make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable a little bit. That's how that that's how you save Ambry or Logan Ryan or Isaiah Oliver, whoever ends up in that spot. Dyer Brown, whoever ends yeah, up over yeah, there. Yeah, whoever ends up whoever ends up over there, that's how you like even on the play where Ambry got hurt, like uh both the corner and the safety got beat. Like the like he got behind Correct. both of them, which is Correct. That's and that was Jared Goff. And no yes. season Jared Goff has had because Jared Goff has had a heck of a season and he's a different Jared Goff that we saw when he was on the Rams. However, that was Jared Goff. This is Patrick Mahomes. And this is not an easy quarterback to make uncomfortable because if he starts to get uncomfortable, he just he runs. moves around yeah. a little bit and runs and then he's not uncomfortable anymore. So it's going to be a problem. I think is I kind of feel like Patrick Mahomes, when he is healthy, is almost completely unbeatable in these situations. It certainly feels like it, right? Like whatever, whatever, whatever scenario we create to be like, nah, he can't do this. Okay. Like he kind of just did it. He kind of yep. just did it. Yep. He kind of, and you know, he feels good against, you know, this team against this, like uh, this defense, uh, these players, a lot of them were there. I mean, he's felt he's felt the pressure from Bosa. He knows where Warren. I mean, they were younger, but still, like there. He he essentially popped his championship cherry against the 49ers, right? So he did not like, essentially. He did. Yeah, like he he did. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I, you know, he's he's got some confidence with him. Uh, and uh, you know, yeah, remember that minute, twenty to ten. Yeah, in the fourth quarter. When in like midway through the fourth quarter, and then was like, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and do here on third and fifteen. I'm going to throw a 44-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill and then beat this team 31-20. Yeah, that it was it was it was an unbelievable unraveling that we watched live. Kind of like uh, what we watched happen to the Lions last week. Absolutely. Here's the difference though, Tracy. Here's the grand difference between 2024 and 2020. The 49ers should not go scoreless in the fourth quarter. Correct. Should that not happen. will help things. In, should if, not if they don't, it should should not. Let's go with should not. But you're right. They certainly should not go scoreless in the fourth quarter. They, I think, they have a better quarterback situation, and that is no disrespect to Brock Purdy's predecessor, but I do believe they have a better quarterback situation at this point. They have a guy who now has proven he can come back twice. That throw, you know, that that IU catch, that circuits catch, it's a hell of a catch. It was also a hell of a throw. And I look at Jawan Jennings' one-handed catch. It was a hell of a catch, and it was also a hell of a throw. And that is really what they've been missing at the quarterback position. So you do make a good point. Also, hopefully there's not a pandemic coming after the Super Bowl. Also, uh, the number number 23 is pretty good. He wasn't there last time either. Number 23 is next-level ridiculous. He's their Patrick Mahomes. He's their magic. That's a great That's, point. He is. He Christian McCaffrey is the 49ers' Patrick Mahomes. And he is their magic. It's just who gets to be more magical. It sounds like you are predicting a shootout in the Super Bowls. Uh, I think I am predicting a shootout. 
I real I think I am. Now, there's another thing here that we haven't discussed, but maybe this goes to my whole shootout thing. The Chiefs defense is playing about as well as any defense in the league right now. Well, there's only two teams left. But heading up to this point, the Chiefs defense has been playing about as well as any defense in the league. We saw it throughout the playoffs. And so I it's going to be a very interesting game, Marcus. I'm very interested in it. So I'm glad I'm going to be there to see it because I'm very interested in it. Oh, uh, is that is that you rubbing it in my face? You're going to be there to see it too. Yeah, but... My my accommodations are going to be more miserable. Well, that is true, but I don't think that's going to matter for the game. It's probably not going to matter for the outcome of the game. And during the game, we will be in the same place. So the accommodations will be the same. I have a feeling you will be far better rested than me. Well, probably because my accommodations will be better. (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, the, 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 the irony of the season is like, it feels like, because they almost lost two games, mm-hmm. right? And because they've they struggled, the 49ers might be best prepared for the Chiefs defense than they were before the playoffs started, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if nothing else, they've answered the the comeback question, mm-hmm. which which you right. know, if you end up behind, you know, you can feel good about your ability to kind of rally. But also like it really forced not just not just Brock, but Kyle to kind of break from like his mold, right? He he mm-hmm. he's he's got to change a little bit. And I think everybody just kind of understands it's more of a whatever it takes to win than it is we got to do our way and if we keep doing it our way it'll work. Like you you just got to adjust. Even like remember the second half started? It was all hurry up. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Debo catches that pass over the middle and he gets up and he's like, "Let's go." Mm-hmm. Like and the the ability to adjust on the fly to do something different. I actually think they're better positioned, you know, and then you got, you know, what happened obviously in the three game loser streak, dealing with pass rushes that get there, right. Dealing with Mm -hmm. the middle of the field being taken away, like against Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been through some stuff. They've been through some stuff. (laughs) They've definitely been through it. And it's when you talk about adjusting on the fly and that's, I think a lesson Dan Campbell learned coaching his first NFC championship game it's not always what got you here. It's what do you need to do right now to win this game? And that is probably a lesson that Kyle had to learn over several years. And he learned it. My only caveat counterpoint, something, anything, any word that starts with caveat or counterpoint is you don't want to get down like that against Patrick Mahomes. You're not. I don't. Why make, not? Why not? Not do it. Down 17 points. Make this an incredible Mahomes. story. Make it an incredible story if you come back. I mean, I don't I don't know that that should be the game plan. Like, hey, guys, you know, no, make our they play their best ball from behind. Is all I'm saying. Like, hey, let them score first. All right. Let's get them a 17 point cushion. And then we are roaring back. Yep. I think that probably I mean, listen, look at what the Patriots did. People talk about that Super Bowl forever against Kyle. Yeah. So people will talk about it forever and ever and ever. So, yeah. That, wouldn't that only be right for Kyle's legacy to get down 28 three and then come back and win? That would actually be an incredible story. It would be, now, it would be insane. Now I'm kind of rooting for that. I don't really have rooting interest, but now I'm rooting for that scenario specifically. Yeah, 28. All right, let's book it. Let's get 28-3. Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan will come back on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and then they're going to lose in overtime. Oh, my Ouch. God. Ouch. That would Ooh, be what a, That's so mean. I hope – I'm glad that this – 
podcast comes out on Friday. You just straight, yeah. hey, the moment you realize I said they were going to lose it overtime, your face was like, that is mean. That is mean. It's cruel. It's, it's cruel. cruel. But you know what? It would be a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the story. Give me a good storyline. That would be I a really good I need a good storyline. Hey, do you think Kyle is more ready now? Than he was four years ago? Yeah. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, he's been through it now. He's lost the Super Bowl. He's lost two NFC Championship games. They've had to come back from these two. He's absolutely. That's why, like I said earlier, I think Dan Campbell learned a lesson Sunday that Kyle had to learn. They, Detroit better hope he learned a lesson. They better hope he learned a lesson or, yeah. I mean, if Dan Campbell, if they kick the field goal and make it, or or just let's say if they kick the field goal and make it, make it you and I are not sitting here talking right now. So you have Dan Campbell to blame. It's wild. You know, just watching that game at high side, I was like, what is he doing? And you know what made it worse? He chose to kick the field goal at the end of the first half. That was the yeah. go for it situation. Like, yeah. it, it was weird. So, so it's not like he can't decide to kick the field goal. He already did. You know, like he already made that choice. Did you that see? Oh, there's a really good meme. So remember that um, Eminem song, Stan? You Never heard of it. No. <laughs> There's that line where he's like, dear Mr. Whatever was, I don't reply to fans. Something like that. Someone did a meme of Stan and it said, dear Mr. I'm too good for field goals. It was really funny. Yeah, I hope they screamed it. <laughs> dear Mr. I'm too good to write my fans. <laughs> yeah, it was really the meme. You guys look it up. And as should you, Marcus, find it and send it to you. It was really funny. Uh, also, there's something we haven't talked about that I think could be a huge part of this game that maybe not a lot of people are talking about as a key. But do the four niners need to bring ladybugs with them to Las Vegas and drop them on Brandon Ayuk's shoe on game day? Yeah. You think he really bought that? I don't know. I, I like don't know. it. Talk about a story. I like it. I don't know. I need to talk to the ladybugs. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to send four niners I, people requests. I'm going to need to talk to the ladybug. I need to talk to the ladybug. I need to verify Ayuk's story. Yeah. If so, if so. If so. Uh, was that this week or that might be last week? Wasn't there a pass that Purdy kind of threw up and he was in distress and Ayuk dove for it and didn't catch it? Remember? Yes. I believe that that was. Was that I Green thought, Bay? I think that was Green Bay. Ladybug wasn't oh, Ladybug. I was, about to, I was, was like, busy. was that the same game? Okay. She was, I think I'm pretty sure that was Green Bay. If we're wrong, though, I don't want you to worry because all of the listeners will be happy to tell us on Twitter. Absolutely. But I'm pretty sure it was Green Bay. All right. If it's, it was Green Bay, I get maybe the Ladybug story is true. Speaking of which, can I tell you a funny story from last night? Absolutely. Uh, last night, the, uh, you know, Warriors played the Philadelphia 76ers. And yes. And guys, when you're listening to this, when he says last night, he means Tuesday night because this won't come out till Friday. So, Tuesday night. So, yeah, Tuesday night at Chase Center <laughs> in San Francisco, the Golden State Warriors hosted the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. And courtside, the, the 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 Warriors honored several 49ers by inviting them in, gave them courtside seats. They were in the owner's club. Uh, they got the jerseys. People, yeah, they got jerseys and a cake. Uh, I saw, I don't know who I was there, but I saw Trent Williams, uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Ray Ray McLeod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Armstead, George Kittle. So, you know, stars. I didn't see Brock Purdy. Uh, so. I didn't see him in any of the video. Jair Brown I saw as well. Jair Brown, yeah, I did see Jair Chris Brown. Chris Flanagan, Fowles, Curtis yeah. Robinson. These are all the people I saw in video. Yeah, 
Chase so, Young. Chase Young was there. So after the game, you know, uh, you know, Steph Curry them comes and signs all their jerseys and stuff like that. And uh, so I see Brandon Ayuk and Debo going into the owners' club, say what's up to BA, and uh, he was just, you know, it was funny. He was amazed at how big Joel Embiid is. So it was hilarious to see like, a professional athlete gawk at the size of another. Like he's like, "Yo, these are so huge!" And it's funny. Somebody was talking about it was wild to see Steph Curry stand next to George Kittle, and they're basically the same height. Maybe Steph mm-hmm. might be a little taller. And it's like it's fun. It was funny for them. Like Trent Williams is a big man, mm-hmm. and he's talking about yo, these dudes are huge, right? Yes. It's, that it's, is it's really kind of funny. funny. That's when you realize Gerald Embiid is like seven foot two, right? These are this, so crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. They they were huge, but that's what Ayuk was like. Man, them dudes are huge. Joel Embiid, especially tonight when you get to see Joel Embiid, like he's one of the bigger mm-hmm. human beings in it. And it'd be that's when you realize, hey man, Debo's really like five eleven. You know, like, <laughs> he's, yeah, like he's Brandon Ayuk is six feet tall. Like, it, you know, they they're professional athletes. They're incredible, right? They're great, but it's just weird to see them say, "Wow, do you see how big that guy is?" So, like, <laughs> that's kind of what we think about you, <laughs> right? That's so true. That's so true because I was like, me next to these guys, like, I'm, I'm like, they seem enormous at all times. But that's like them next to Joel Embiid and that ladybug next to Brandon Ayuk, just to bring it. Oh, yeah, the ladybug next to Brandon Ayuk, yes. The ladybug. This ladybug isn't real. I don't know. I want to talk to the ladybug. I need, yeah, I need to highlight the ladybug. He didn't get a photo of it? Nothing? Mm -hmm. No evidence of the ladybug? No, but I saw another funny meme, but it has a swear word in it. So, um, but I can tell it to you that it was another one. You guys really, the memes were killing it this week was... Lions fans or the Lions thinking they're going to the Super Bowl, and then the next slide was a ladybug, and it said this mf'er, <laughs> <laughs> which also made me laugh. You know what? The internet does remain undefeated. No, nah, it's not fair. The internet leave the Lions alone. Like, what a heartbreaking way to have your season oh, end so after funny. you had such a jubilee season, right? It was incredible. Mm-hmm. By the way, Detroit Lions fans represent it. There yes, was a lot of blue there. They were loud, like they were turned up. Uh, they they were ready for their moment, mm-hmm. and just to get absolutely crushed. <laughs> oh man, being up by so much. I mean, that really was so sad. Uh, Luckily, they had the uh, Michigan uh, national championship a few weeks earlier to help soften the blow. Here we go. Uh, uh, you know, I had to bring it up one time. <laughs> Uh, uh, who's the guy? The, DJ Gardner Johnson waving Gardner the, Johnson, the yeah. fans in the second quarter. That's just that kind of stuff to me is just no, so stupid. He asked for it. He asked for it. You you literally you're literally asking for it. in the world of memes and social media ridicule. You gotta know better than that. So mm-hmm. I was it was very entertaining to see Debo uh, ask people to check on his homie. Yeah, <laughs> check it so everybody check on little bro. Yeah, that was that really was. But you do stuff like that. I honestly think like you're like asking karma to be no like, question. all right, no let's just just for fun now. Karma, who was all in on the Lions going to the Super Bowl. What an amazing story. It was like, nah, let's nah, grab, grab me that ladybug and let's set San Francisco. Be like, man, I was going to let y'all in. But then he started saying goodbye to fans. You know what? In I the second quarter. Second quarter. Yeah, that was a while. But, you know, Lions fans got crushed. So I do have a little sympathetic heart for them what a what too. a brutal brutal end to the season of oh. a great season by the way incredible season yes by them. but brutal 
brutal. All right, can we talk Brock? Yes, let's talk a little bit. Brock Purdy, you guys may not know him. He is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. He's quite good. He was the last pick in the draft for anybody who's been living under a rock. The no, last really? Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. Mr. Irrelevant, they called him. Turns out, not so much. So let's talk about the great Brock Purdy. Marcus Thompson wrote a great story column on the great Brock Purdy after the game. Everybody should check out. But Marcus, what specifically would you like to talk to you about? about, so about I'm I'm <laughs> I'm curious. I actually wanted your opinion about uh like all this year has been like this debate about like how good Brock is, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we got the game manager or MVP, like the the ideologies about Brock are vast and wide, right? He's mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. quarterback of all time. Maybe Joe Montana, or he's like Trent Dilfer on a good team, right? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like nothing uh, in between. The, that, those are the takes. It's one or the other. He's either just lucky that they let him have the football and let him give it to people, or he's the yes. Exactly. So what what make what about Brock Purdy and what you see from him like makes you think, you know what? This guy could actually do this. He could win a Super Bowl. Because I think what we see from Brock Purdy is he can he can make a play. Like he he knows how to make a play. He is really good at reading defenses. He rarely makes the same mistake twice. And when push comes to shove, he can make the play they need him to make. And he's proven that over a few times during the season, but I mean, I think he was proven that from his first game when he came in against Miami. And I, I've mentioned this on this podcast a lot. I think we forget he came in really early in that game against a Miami team in defense that was super hot coming into that game. And they won. And then they won again. And then on three days rest, he went to Seattle with a injured rib and won the NFC West. And we've seen the last couple of weeks, he knows how to make a play. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I'm sure you have because you are really good at your job. But after a game, the amount of times that Kyle, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk will say, yeah, I wasn't his first read, second read, or third read, or Kyle will say the play was actually this, and the guy who scored the touchdown with like the fourth fourth option, I think is incredible. And that, to me, is what I think can make them win a Super Bowl. He's a really good quarterback. I don't care what everybody says. Honestly, if he is a game manager, I don't see why that's like the worst thing in the world either. But I think he is a really good quarterback. Part of the, being a quarterback is managing the game. And he just can, he knows how to make a play. He knows how to read a defense. And he trusts the people around him and the people around him trust him. And that's the other thing that I think makes it, makes it so he could win a Super Bowl. They trust him and they trust him in a way they haven't trusted a quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's tenure. And also these aren't just like regular dudes, right? These are like, right. <laughs> these are yeah. like top shelf dudes who are like, I mean, all you gotta do is ask Trent Williams. Like he'll just, just say Brock mm-hmm. Purdy's name and the monologue is going to go right. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, that to me has always been the most jarring thing is how much they like praise privately, mm-hmm. like not just in front of the cameras, they will no. turn the cameras on. You talk to them. They'll be like, man, let me tell you about this dude. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the part that really stood out for me, the one thing I wanted to see from him because playoff football is so different mm-hmm. would be how he responds to it. And the only time I actually doubted it was like the way he played against Baltimore it was like, uh oh, mm-hmm. uh oh, this don't look good. Like the way everything just kind of fell apart. But what he what he's responded with makes me if I'm Kyle Shannon, I feel pretty good. Like that dude is tough, man. 
Like he's he tough. is tough. Like he he won't back down. Like he's not going to he's not going to cave. Like he might lose, right? He might make the bad throw, but like he ain't never scared back there. And I if you if you go back and watch the Super Bowl, the thing that jumps out about the 49ers offense in the fourth quarter is they were scared. Kyle mm-hmm. was scared with the play calls. Jimmy was scared with the throws, right? Mm-hmm. Every, everybody was playing like, oh, here comes, like, this is it. This is the moment. And I'll never forget the uh, the throw to, uh, uh, you know, down the field, down the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the receiver's name? Emmanuel uh, Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. And he's just on the turf, and he's just looking like, like, that was it. That was the one, right? Like That was it. I just, I, I feel much better about Brock Purdy at that moment. But the pressure's on, and you got to make a play, and things are probably not going well. You just kind of feel like he's got a little bit in him to be like, man, we got to figure something out. I don't care what it is. I'm at least go for it. If I go down, it's, I'm going to go down like trying to make a play mm-hmm. instead of just trying to do the same slant route <laughs> that they're waiting on. You know what I'm saying? Over uh-huh. the yeah. To me, and that's I, the part that really jumps out. He's tough. He's very tough. And I thought after the Baltimore game, I gave him a lot of credit, especially at this point in his career. He was pretty honest. And he said he he didn't exactly say this, but to paraphrase, he said he kind of got caught up in it. You know, he said you list sometimes you start to listen to things and people say things. And he didn't say MVP talk, but he says people say things. He started to think about things. And it's Christmas Day and it's prime time. And I had to learn that. And I thought that was like a, not a lot of guys admit that, especially when he talked about making a mistake and then not like not making the next play be about making up for that mistake. Like that uh-huh. was that was that might have been too honest. <laughs> it might have been, but I think that's what makes him special. I think that's why his teammates like him because the other thing that they haven't been afraid to do, like in that three game losing streak. I mean, it's not the only reason they like him and trust him, but it's part of it. The other thing they weren't afraid to do in that three-game losing streak is to say, we can't turn the ball over. Remember there was the one game, I think it was was it Minneapolis, it might have been Cleveland, where Brock, no, I'm sorry, it was Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, where he said, he apologized the team and said he had to play better and all of that. And the team was, I want to say that they came out and they were critical of him, but they didn't shy away from the fact that his play did not help their cause. And in the past, it was different. I mean, the past... It's like when they defend Brock, and that's not even the right word, but when people ask questions and they feel the need to defend him, it's different than how they felt they had to defend their predecessor. Because this defense is more like, I don't know what you guys are talking about because he does everything we need him to do. He doesn't, like, it's just as different than like, I'm so sick of having to defend him. It's it's a different, it's just a different feeling and a different vibe. Yeah, I do think like that Cincinnati game where he's scrambling and they're in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He just throws an interception. I think that was one of those moments where it was like, all right, come on now, Brock, we're playing, right? Like, right. like and he's been doing that. Yeah. So I do I do remember that sense of it was more like, yeah, we can't turn the ball over in the red zone. Like I think it might even be George Kittle was one it was. of the hundred percent true. Like, yeah, but he we, wasn't afraid to say that. Yeah, and that's that that is kind of like the ultimate sign of respect. They don't feel the need to like lie for him in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, it's my fault or whatever. Remember uh, Patrick Mahomes when uh, Valdez Scantlin dropped that ball 
uh-huh. over the middle of the field. He's like, man, I just got to throw a better if I took something off of it. Like, man, you lying. He's got to yeah. catch that ball. Right? Like, <laughs> exactly. 100%. <laughs> and they didn't feel they needed to do that. And I nah, was like, man, you got to not turn the ball over in the red zone. So like that, yep. the rapport is weird too. Cause these are like 10 year vets. These are dudes who've lost games. who have been there. And mm-hmm. you would, you would think you would feel this sense of desperation. Like we can't blow this. We've got to get there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know about this dude and his like, 18th career game or whatever, right? Like, like I don't. <laughs> but it feels like there's this weird synergy between this dude who really just got here and these guys who might be on their last shot. Like, yeah. you know, like they're they're entrusting mm-hmm. their chance to get a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, and they feel good about it. Like mm-hmm. that to me, that tells you as much as anything. Trent Williams played his whole career for this, his entire career. He went through all kind of chaos in Washington, right? Mm-hmm. George Kittle didn't try this. George Kittle. Came from the, like the end of the draft, played on terrible teams, fought mm-hmm. to get here, became a great tight end. This is his moment. What has Christian McCaffrey been through to get here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're all like, "Yeah, this is my quarterback." Like to yeah. me, that says more than anything about Brock Purdy is that these are like Hall of Famers who you know dudes yeah. are gonna wear yellow jackets talking about this guy and his who hasn't played 22 seasons completely. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get me our Super Bowl. Like that's crazy. To me, when you when you when you put it into context, that Brock Purdy just got here, like he, he's yep. brand new to. I agree with you. I agree with you, and that's a really interesting, good way to look at. That it. was like a good column. Maybe I should write that. You should. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. I guess maybe that answers our other question. If I don't get if I don't get uh, a exclusive interview with this ladybug, then I might write that. <laughs> It's a legend. It's a legend, ladybug that helps people make catches. At ladybug, are you free for fifteen to twenty minutes sometime in the next few days? I think. Do you know I play uh, the New York Times spelling bee every day, and the um, panogram. I think today. Well, you guys are listening this Friday, so no spoiler alert. Is ladybug, and I was like, oh, look at that! How appropriate. No, that's out of control. Yeah, out of pocket. That's it's kind of out of control. That ladybug. If I see a ladybug, time. if I see a ladybug today, I'm uh, if I see a ladybug, I might have to apologize. And be like, <laughs> listen, I didn't believe in you. I'm sorry. You're clearly, you're clearly manifesting yourself to me. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I that catch went off his arm, the helmet, and in first the- off, Tracy, how does he? How does it? How does he miss it? I don't understand. How does he miss- it's that damn ladybug. Uh, no, nah, I was looking for a quote where he was like, I don't know, the sun was in my face or something. Like, no, he didn't have he didn't even have an excuse. There was no He's like, you know what it was? It was the ladybug. Oh, He's like, I saw a ladybug and I swatted it away, and that was mistake number one on my day. Yeah, that was crazy. That was that was one of the wildest. Like when like we'll talk about that. That play will define this game. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, like it's almost like Dre Greenlaw's like goal line stand against Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Navarro Bowman's interception and, it, and you know candlesticks. Like we were gonna look. Remember that game where Brock Purdy yeah. threw that interception, but it bounced off his helmet, and a ladybug carried it into the arms of Brendan Ayuk. <laughs> <laughs> I would like a zoom in camera to see if the ladybug actually picked up the ball and put it into the arms of Brendan Ayuk. That would be hilarious if the ladybug like flew into his face so he couldn't catch the interception. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then his ladybug friends like flew the ball into Brandon IU. <laughs> That's good. 
kind of amazing. I love this it. It's a ladybug conspiracy here. It is, but I'm kind of into it. Of all the conspiracies I've heard, to be honest with you, I like the ladybug the most. Like, here's the part I don't like. Here's the part I don't Let me talk about this discrimination. If that was a moth, would it gotten credit? Well, moths aren't known to be good luck. But but I'm just saying, if, if a moth landed on a shoe and then that happened, can't you just assign good luck to that moth? No, because you wouldn't yeah. think of it. Because a moth isn't known for good luck. A moth is known for eating your sweaters. It's discrimination. Ladybugs are prettier than moths. That's all it is. Ladybugs are known to be good luck. No, ladybugs are known to be pretty. And so people assign favor with pretty. The moth is ugly, hella hairy. You know what I'm saying? Just, I don't think we need to make know? this anti moth podcast. What? I, I, I'm setting up for the moths. That's what I'm saying. Everybody ride with ladybugs. Maybe a moth fell on um, the corner shoe. You ever thought of that? Um, but moth was a moth was eat that Dan Campbell's hat, and that's why he didn't take that field goal. <laughs> that might be that might be true. Well, I think we've solved a lot here today. <laughs> ladybug moth. Tune into the athletic for my exclusive with the ladybug. <laughs> you guys, make sure you're following Marcus because he and that ladybug are going to have a really good conversation. I can't wait to read all about it. See if that's you can report it. <laughs> and put it on like YouTube or something. A little video, huh? <laughs> you and the ladybug, really amazing. Uh, how, how would you assume that there's got to be Brandon Ayuk ladybug merch already out there? There's got to be, right? That's a good question. Maybe you should pop it. Maybe you should get it popping. I expect to see the new line on Fangirl Sports Network merch. Ladybug. Merch, yep. Ladybug. We have those shirts that it's the QB for me and it's the snacks for me. We should make that's the ladybug for me. So, I mean, he basically, this is like handed to you on a silver platter. It is. Like, go ahead, ladybug. I'll add it to my list of things to do. Marcus, if people, they can read your exclusive with the ladybug on The Athletic, where can they follow you on social media to learn uh, more? Everything at Tom Subscribe. If you if you type in Tom Subscribe anything, you're going to find me somehow. Make sure you tell, if you've run into this ladybug, tell her that Tom Subscribe is looking for her. Why am I assuming it's a her? What if it's a he ladybug? I don't know. Well, it's called uh, a ladybug. So that's a great point. <laughs> so in fairness to you. <laughs> All right. What what if it's a gentleman bug? Those are the moths. <laughs> <laughs> shots. Shots. Yep. There we go. We are gonna end on that. You guys, you can find me at Tracy FGSN on Twitter, X on at Tracy Sandler on Instagram fgsn.com if you guys like what you heard and i know you did please make sure to leave us a five-star review tell the lady bug to do that as well or a five-star rating and a very positive review we are brought to you by fivo we are brought to you by bet online and i would like to invite the ladybug to come on the podcast next week if she is available after her exclusive with marcus thompson after yeah after and with that we'll talk to everybody next time bye all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.